0: Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Rahul Alim. He is the founder of Custom Creatives. He also coaches digital agency owners in building six figure sustainable agencies. Thank you for joining me today.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you're today?
1: You know what? Back in the days, I used to play soccer uh, very competitively and, and- Then one day I was playing a pickup game, injured my knee, tore my ACL, just never recovered the same. So I got into the working world. I went and interned for a sports agency that represented retired athletes like Muhammad Ali, Uh, Mark McGuire, Sandy Koufax, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So I got to understand like what the business world was really like. And my job as an intern was really like cold calling and trying to get people um, to hire these people for speaking engagements, signings, and all kinds of like public appearances. So I really cut my teeth early and I didn't realize I was cutting my teeth early um, because I thought that was my calling. I'm like, I'm going to work here for the rest of my life. Um, But then I forgot one thing. I had to go to college still, right? And they wanted me to have some sort of education. So went back to college, um, ended up leaving college earlier than I graduated. So I never finished. But um, that internship was like a pivotal point because I got to be around the greatest athletes around the world to ever exist. And it allowed me to kind of have that tenacity to kind of like start my own company. Um, Now, before I started my company, I went to a company called Realtor.com. And I was on the sales floor and I was probably, there was 120 salespeople and I wasn't even in the top 120. There were probably like the admin people were better at sales than me. Um, so I, I started grinding, started listening to the best people on the floor, learning from the managers, staying late, working weekends, reading books, um, just on sales. And then next thing you know, I went from out of the top 120 to the top 10 in a matter of a few months. Um, And then I left after just under two years to start a company called Custom Creatives. And our sole mission and our vision was to help real estate agents because after working for realtor.com, we saw a lot of gaps especially in technology. Um, and that's how we came about. We just saw a flaw and in, in a niche and we went after it and then it worked out. I mean, we didn't really know what we were doing. Um, it was me and a partner at the time. I bought them out within the first year and a half of the company. Um, and then next thing you know, my former employer, Realtor.com became our biggest client three years after starting the business.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of those things where you get into it's unexpected. I mean, right now with the global, you know, uh, situation, people really losing their jobs or in situations where they may need to pivot or, like you said, they may have thought they're going to go into um, athletics and then they have a career-ending injury. And it's one of those things, it's like, do you feel bad about, like, for yourself or your situation or do you kind of figure out what to pivot and trying to learn or figure out what's also you're passionate about? So. Not everyone has the luxury of doing what they're passionate about in terms of getting paid for it. So I think it's important when you figure out or you become something good, good at um, that. That kind of coincides as well. And I think it's important that you kind of niche down. Obviously, some some companies and some agencies serve a clientele in different industries, but I think as a result of working at Realtor.com, you saw there was a need in that industry and you capitalize on it. So I think that's, that's an awesome strategy as well.
1: Yeah, that was super helpful. Just because when I left the company, I left with good graces. I never burned a bridge. That was something I learned from my family and and the values they brought me up with. And that was just a godsend for us just because we were able to kind of just like call the real estate agents. We had their blessings that we were endorsed by them. If people ever asked about who we were, that was early on in our careers. And next thing you know, I mean, just the the best relationship we could possibly have and the best kind of like compliment we could have had was them hiring us as their official like market quote-unquote marketing vendor.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I I worked for uh, different companies moving up where it was very niche. So like the legal vertical, so small, medium, large size law firms across the country, then uh, pharma and life sciences, financial services. Um, And I think I learned something from each of those that I can take and apply to different industries that may not be doing that specific strategy, but it would work there too. So I think it's important to, whatever you're learning, not be afraid of trying it or at least figuring out if it makes sense from an audience standpoint, from an ROI standpoint for your client or campaign. Because there's a lot of things that people are afraid of trying, but it will work and you can get great results just because no one did it in that industry before.
1: Yeah, like I'm a big fan of like fail fast. And like, quite frankly, when I started doing like our services for real estate agents, now we work a little bit more broadly with a variety of industries, but um, we didn't know what we were doing. Like, we didn't know exactly how to fulfill what problems we'd run into. I mean, heck, when we're starting a company, we're like, we got to get the internet because everything was given to us, like systems, trainers, anything you needed was just like at a snap of, a, of your fingers and you got it. Um, so, starting the business was like definitely interesting in the sense that honestly, we had no clue what we were doing. We didn't have designers, developers or anything, but that was part of our product suite. We just went out and said, Hey, would you buy this from us if we fulfilled it? And here's what potential pricing would be. And here's what the outcomes would be. And people were saying, yes. So we're kind of like preceding the market. And then we'd call them back a couple days, a week later and just say, Hey, we're actually going forward with this. We just need to get payment from you. We're going to have you as a beta client. And then we launched it. And then we just went on Google, found some developers, designers, and then we just partnered with them. They were our contractors. And then as we started getting volume and a lot of clients, that's when we started to hire in-house. So we just controlled our costs. We didn't really stress out about, can we do it? Can't we do it? We just had the tenacity to think like, we'll just figure it out. Because I remember, like, I'll probably butcher this, but I remember Mark Cuban once said, like, he would just, his answer was always yes. It was just like, if he thought he could figure it out, the answer was yes. And I remember hearing that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to say the same thing, yes. And then we'll just figure it out because we can just stay up all night and not sleep until we got a solution because we felt like we were onto something at the time and it, and it worked out really well for our favor.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think building or scaling an agency, if you do say yes, you have, like you said, you can use contractors. Obviously, there's a lot of talented people in the U.S. and globally in terms of a global market that uh, put out good work that you can utilize and then scale as you see fit to either outsource and grow that outsource team or bring certain key accounts or everything in house. So it's like you're, you're in control of your own destiny. 100%, I agree. So what motivates you to succeed? Obviously those motivations may have changed over time, but what currently motivates you to succeed?
1: You know what? I mean, just wanting to be better. I think like that's one of the, once you reach a goal, you want to reach another goal. And I've been running an agency for about 15 years now. So not only my next goal is to kind of like allow somebody else to steer the ship. Um, and while I kind of have multiple streams of diversified income that my agency allowed me to kind of build. Um, I've been able to build into like an investment portfolio, real estate portfolio and other streams. Um, So that's really kind of at the heart of it all. We work so hard, we help so many clients, we hire and employ a great team. um, And that goes for all the agencies and all the business owners out there. Um, But what motivates me is just kind of getting to that next level and freeing up more and more time. But then essentially when you free up more time, you just do bigger and different things.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, and is that decision because like it's the right decision or is that because you're comfortable now kind of giving the reins to someone else? Because I know starting in the beginning, starting a company or as you go, I mean, it's your baby. So you don't want to necessarily let go. You want to manage everything. You want to be part of everything. So is it just because of, you know, you want to move on to the next thing and you've kind of like done other things, invested in other things and have other passions? Or is it like you're ready, you're comfortable and you're kind of good to go?
1: You know what? I think I'm ready and I've built a team around me that also feels ready. And I've, we've been planning for this for about a year. So, I mean, I've kind of been vocal about it saying, Hey, my, my job is to kind of be away from the team as much as possible. So I've done my best to kind of take away that entrepreneur hat and not micromanage and want it all and be just all in the day-to-day grind, uh, to allow the team to kind of succeed and be creative and make their own mistakes. Um, around like my leadership and my partner's leadership. Um, and, and that's kind of what we've been planning for in the recent months more and more is how to get myself out of it so I can kind of take a step back. And I don't mean I'm going to be leaving my own agency. It just allows the team to kind of run it without my day-to-day mentorship or leadership.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of like the, the ideal situation. Uh, So what's one thing you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today?
1: you know what it was a strength and it became my weakness like when i was playing sports i was i was the captain for many years and i got to lead the team and then when i started my company i almost treated it like i was alan iverson kind of like a one-man show just give me the rock and i don't need anybody so i think that was my original weakness was my my aggression to want to just do things flawlessly perfectly and didn't give a lot allow other people the time and space early in my career so that weakness just being a one-man show and it, it came uh, it came about, I had about 15 or so people in my local office and about 18 or so overseas. And my director of marketing put together this little game. And he's like, well, if you guys could uh, pick a ba- an athlete that you would compare yourself to, what would it be? And he had already written down Allen Iverson as my choice. And he thought I was going to pick like Cody, Kobe Bryant, uh, like just for my own like leadership because I was our, our favorite player. But um, that kind of opened everything up to say, hey, you need to be a team player. Um, these are people that are working their asses off for you. You got to give back. You got to be give them the rock. Let everybody be free. Um, so that was kind of my first weakness that I really, probably the hardest weakness that I had to overcome, which is a big ego shot where people are telling you like, hey, by you doing it alone or thinking you need to do it alone, you're hurting the whole team.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think um, as a leader, it's hard to do sometimes and you want to kind of take everything on and, and own everything but you can't truly get to where you need to get and focus on the things that add the max value. If you're in everything in micromanaging, you're just going to burn yourself out because you have to identify more well, me personally, in terms of the key things where you add the most value and what you're passionate about. And then everything virtually in one way or another can be delegated out to someone. There's a lot of stuff that can be automated. There's a lot of things where you can find other people just as, uh, Experienced as you to undertake that where you focus on either whatever your passions are, whatever that biggest needle move for your businesses, or obviously, if you have the ideal situation where it's both.
1: Yeah, totally. And just overcomplicating things is something that can easily come up. And it's just really taking a step back and just simplifying things like, what's the fastest path to your goal without putting as much friction in the middle? Because I think we forget that simplicity is the best and complexity makes it obviously much more difficult and challenging. Um, and the Costco Kirkland, uh, CEO said something about his Costco warehouses where he's like, I spent millions of dollars, how to like, just making our, our warehouses look this simple. Um, and that's really kind of the business model is like, how can we add simplicity to what we're doing every day just so more people can succeed and we can succeed faster, whether it's like hiring people, having a simple, simpler onboarding, um, process, Um, to executing for a client because like we always want to get complexity in the way. But then when we go back to what we should have done, which is a simple process with a simple checklist, then we have a higher degree of success.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that same principle falls in line launching a company or product. People overthink it and then don't want to launch it, want to make it perfect at all these bells and whistles where you don't necessarily know what may be wrong with it. You haven't gotten it in the market to test and what the actual market wants. So it's one of those things where, you know, figure it out, figure out what you can delegate it, and then obviously develop a process. Develop a process, you know, a series of um, you know tasks and what to to do in terms of actually scaling. Because essentially, taking all that burden on, you can never really grow or scale because you're undertaking everything and can never really you know get it out there in that sense.
1: Totally. And just to echo on top of that, like when you guys are running your companies out there, then you are entrepreneurs or whatnot. Um, have checklists, simple checklists of little tasks that you can literally delegate as you grow and scale. Get rid of the minute like items that you do on a day-to-day basis like let somebody else do that for you and just give a short little checklist. I mean, you can have a longer SOP explaining everything. I mean, one of the things we do is we have a checklist category and saying like check these boxes off for this task and then we have a longer like SOP, the standard operating procedure explaining it, but then we do a Loom video Um, Just walking people through the process just so they can get the hang of things much quicker. Um, And that just helps everybody get things right faster. And then people who need or want to do additional training, they have all these little checklists and videos that if they want to go above and beyond, they can learn on their own at home.
0: Yeah, I think that's important for internal training and onboarding because then you know you have something that's uniform and can be scaled, but it doesn't have to mean that that's the only way to do it. Eventually over time, you may hire someone, you may put someone in a leadership role that may find a way of doing something better or adding something to the process. And obviously it's a, it's an ever-changing and refining moment. But like you said, having all those resources internally really helps get everybody on the same page and to scale as well.
1: Yeah, totally. And and even we do this for our clients too. Like we train them how to be good clients, um, show them how to follow up with whether it's lead. If we're doing lead generation, we have checklists on like, here's scripts, Here's how to answer the phone. Here's how to remind people if they forget who you are. So we take our clients through a similar training and checklist process um, just to get them acclimated on how to be successful in working with us too.
0: Yeah. yeah I think it's awesome that the client relationship can get a little, um, foggy or cloudy at sometimes because I think the expectations aren't necessarily set. I mean, I've had experiences where there's clients, obviously, as you're growing, you don't necessarily have a choice in clients sometimes, but sometimes the clients are so toxic, don't necessarily understand things. Um, do things outside of the scope of the contract that exponentially kind of is a time suck in resources, and they're usually not always but the smaller spending clients that take away from you know the 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 clients that you can scale and and pay a good amount of money so I think it's one of those things that that's important as well in setting expectations to begin with what that client uh client company relationship is going to
1: be. No, totally. Like, yeah, that, that client relationship is so imperative because it's part of your business. And yeah, we're all going to pick up bad clients along the way. And, and it's good to kind of either like deboard those clients. If they're going to, like, if you're going to be sleeping and thinking about them in the middle of the night, I think we've had those before. Um, we've, we've had some recently where we've deboarded them in a polite walk away fashion where all parties win, all parties feel good. All parties can come back and chat or refer business to one another. So we're a big fan of taking care of the clients, open and transparent. Um, And really kind of since we're going to be doing this for a long period of time, we want to do what we love and hang out with people that we want to hang out with. And our clients are just part of the team. They just happen to be the ones paying our bills and being kind enough to trust in us to grow their business. So we definitely want to have a good relationship. And we always peg things as like long-term, we're going to first start dating, then we're going to get engaged, then we're going to get married. And all that really means is the contractual value goes up and up and up. Um, And then we have a deeper, more intimate relationship. Relationship.
0: Yeah, I agree. So, what's one piece of advice you could leave with the audience, personal or professional?
1: Well, professionally, I would say we're all in the hospitality industry, don't forget that. The customer is not always right, we're not always right, but we're always leading with hospitality. I mean, we always wanna take care of them. If they're paying us money, we wanna treat it like our own. And that's how we tell all of our team, that's what we even tell the clients themselves is that we're here to serve you and we're here to be a team and a team player. So it sounds corny as it may, it's just worked with us for so long because one of the things I teach our our team, the very first thing really that I teach our team is that we provide two values. Number one is the value and the result that we get for the client so they actually make an ROI. The second value is the relationship and the customer service that we develop with them. So we don't know which value is gonna be greater and more meaningful to that client. Sometimes they value that personable relationship really heavily. Over an ROI in some cases. But when you have both together, then you have a winning formula to keep a long term client really happy, get referrals without even asking. And also, the client comes to you and asks for recommendations. They're bouncing ideas off of you, even when it has nothing to do with your job role. That's when you know you've won, and you have to recognize and be able to be aware of those signs. So you can almost predict and read the minds of the customer. So that's from a business perspective. From a personal perspective, I would say, I mean, we all work hard and sometimes we uh, neglect our health. I would say go work out, get some exercise, meditate, maybe educate yourself, read a book. I'm not a big fan of reading, but I'm, I am of exercise. and I know that that's been a big part of like my mindset and my focus day to day. If I go a week or two without working out or I eat terrible, then I can, it reflects in my work and my habits and my mood. But when I'm Uh, working out, eating healthier. My energy peaks are higher. My longevity, my day feels longer. I can work harder. I'm in a better mood. I'm more polite. So that, and plus we do all of this to live, right? We're not living to work at the end of the day. Like we don't want to be so stressed out that it's affecting our sleep patterns or our our day-to-day lives, our relationships with people. Um, So I think that health is the most important thing because without that, we can't even work anyways.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think that the business side, I think it's important just the end of the day to understand that we're all human and being a human and a good person because, you know, your experience sometimes as an agency, you may be going through something internally or your employees, you know, going through something personal or professional and same with, with clients as well. So you you never know what you, your clients are going through and really kind of anticipating um, their needs ahead of time goes a long way, I think, as well. So they really appreciate that giving things when they don't necessarily expect it. In terms of a more in-depth report, I, I think people are often surprised in terms of like the little things how you can do something super simple um, that they can appreciate and it can go you know a long way. And then on the personal side, I, I think it's really important to have good habits or something that's like a release or something that helps you to refocus and recalibrate every day. Obviously. Uh, exercise diet things of that nature add clarity and kind of focus as well but whatever that happens to to be like you said pray meditate taking just five ten minutes to yourself and just like silence to kind of recoup because i mean it doesn't matter who you are these days or in general like people do get overwhelmed and it's important to kind of like Get in your lane and focus on the things that are important and, and figure it out what, rather than kind of with everything going on in 2020 going into 20, 2021, I think people are just experiencing a high level of anxiety.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, what get around, surround yourself around people that are positive, stay mind strong, stay focused on the one thing that can really help move the needle in your business. I mean, that really comes, I mean, focus is probably the most important word in business because it's so easy to have a million ideas, but it's hard to execute on the one that's gonna make you the revenue or change the dynamic of your business. So, I mean, get whatever stage you're in, find a mentor that's been there, done that. That's always helpful too, because then they can guide you through the amazon jungle with a roadmap because that's sometimes what it feels like you feel like you're just walking through and you don't know where you're going or why you're doing something but when you have somebody to bounce ideas off of or a group of people whether it's a facebook community or a family community or or a local uh, meetup community i'm um, just surround yourself with people that have been there and done that that being the operative word been there done that not somebody who's just one chapter ahead because um, you want to vet where you get the advice from too
0: Yeah, I agree. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you?
1: Yeah. If you look me up, my company is Custom Creatives with an S at the end. Um, I have a little gift. If it's okay, I can give away to any of these digital entrepreneurs out there. Um, If you go to customcreatives.com forward slash win, that's W-I-N. There's a little button at the top. There's no opt-in required. You can get a little funnel map if you're running ads or your marketing agency. That'll be super helpful. Um, And you can see like a little example of a teaser video that you can possibly even do for your own business to kind of get that in front of your ideal customer so you can win more business for yourself as well. Awesome. Thanks again
0: for stopping by.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora digital. Find out how Nova Zora digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at
1: NovaZora digital.com until next time, all you digital savages.